Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mass Singer Half Up podcast. I'm your game winning host, Liana the Egg Carton Boris, and here to talk about all things Mass Singer is Puya, the magnifying glass, Zan Vakili. Puya, how are things illuminating for you this week? Illuminating? Damn, I do not have that kind of jargon when I'm doing this. I'm, I'm feeling good, Liana. Maybe I'm a little bit the salt package, Zan Vakili, because uh, I'm still kind of not over the fact that you won my game last week. You were not meant to, but we're here and I'm excited. We're going to talk about the last batch of people to have made it onto the grand X stage that is the Masked Singer. And we can talk about all the nonsense together. So I'm happy. Are you happy with your nickname? Yeah, yeah, but why am I the magnifying glass? Can you back it up? Because um, Ryan tweeted at us and described the format of the podcast where essentially you bring all of these great guesses and all this research and I'm just like there yelling about the egg, which I think is a very apt description of what we've done so far. So I felt like it was very fitting. Yeah, no, that's very true. It's very true. I um, I'm ready to hit you with some more theories today, but I'm also nervous about what you're going to chant at my face later. <laughs> no, I actually my sister texted me, too. She was like, OK, I'm going to try harder this week. And I was like, OK, Marisa, me, too. So um, I also tried at least a little bit this week. Like I put in a modicum of effort. And so we'll see if it actually pays off. Um, but I think we 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 can't bury the lead. Um, we have to talk about our iTunes feed. What what? That's right. That's right. Uh the Apple Podcast feed is officially up and running. You can find it at robhasawebsite.com slash mass singer. No the the debate is over. No the. We don't use the's. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think we've like planted our flag here. It's just Masked Singer. Um, but yeah, definitely give us ratings and reviews. We'll be reading some of the five star reviews on the podcast later on for sure. Um, so please give us your feedback and subscribe to the podcast because that'll help us get noticed um, and help us get more people on the egg, egg, egg chant, which apparently has become a thing. And I'm super, super excited about. Um, but yes, very, very excited. There's always more room in this egg cart. Ten. Ten. I don't, Nailed it. Well, no, I think you would just <laughs> in the egg carton. Like, why yeah, would you just say cart? Because like, like, it's an egg cart. Like you put stuff in the cart. You know, there's always more room in the cart. <laughs> like, a, like a shopping cart. Yeah. Yeah, but I, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. For the record. Oh my gosh. Nailed it. So good. No, I, um, so not to steal Nick Cannon's opening line for the show. I think he described this show as, um, the mass singer as all pleasure and no guilt. And so the only thing I could think of was like, oh my God, our podcast is more like all guilt and no pleasure. (laughs) 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 Oh man. That should just be our tagline. (laughs) All guilt and no pleasure. <laughs> no, that sounds awful. Um, okay, uh, can you? Okay, I, I'm done. I'm done hosting. Can you? Can you host now? Oh, okay. All right, all right. Here comes the magnifying glass, ready to take <laughs> over the reins from the egg carton. All right. So, Liana, we got to talk. We got to see the last remaining four unknowns in this um, show. We got to meet. The penguin we got to meet the fox we got to meet the flower and we got to meet the eagle 
I first would like to talk about Nick Cannon once again coming out with his security team, you know, the squad representing. What did you think of his weird cape? I felt it gave me Pennywise vibes with the red and white. Oh, what no. What did you think? <laughs> Don't let Rob hear you say that. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I'm actually kind of digging this thing as a reoccurring event that happens on the show where Nick Cannon comes out in some sort of different cape. Because last week, I think I called it the Technicolor Dream Cape. This one was more like a fumigation tent cover because at first it's like oh it's like a circus tent and i was like no 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 we're it's fumigation season so yeah that's that was my interpretation of the whole thing i'm here for what he's gonna do next because i mean i I don't know like what exciting designs are we gonna see maybe some plaid some paisley who knows maybe a diamond cape will come out at some point like yeah put six million on this cape what about it put put some oh yeah um I thought of put some respect on my name for some reason. He said, I don't know why. Put some diamonds on my cape. I don't know why that made me think of that. There's some like weird word association happening here. I did look apparently. So those diamond shoes, did we talk about this? They're like his real shoes. They're really worth $2 million, which his net worth, I think I looked it up is like $40 million. Can you imagine that percentage of your money tied up in shoes? That seems like a really bad investment. I feel like sneakerheads like build up an arsenal of sneakers of like high value. He has the same, maybe like 15 times the value in one pair of shoes, which is a very Nick Cannon thing. Actually, you know, learning more about him as this show has been going on. I definitely could see him putting that much money into it. Also, you know, he's, he's lived a lavish life, the young, the wee boy. So he's really, uh, he's really taken in the riches that America's got talent money, if you will. Yeah. Well, the fumigation cover must not have cost much for the Cape. So I guess he's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Also, he's had some interesting lines. Uh, He also said something about uh, this is a show where people who love drama llamas and baby mamas, which what is a drama llama? Wait, do you is that like Tony's like speaking llama? What? Okay, so I thought that that was weird, too. It was like, oh, I'm Nick Cannon. We welcome all people. Was it people who love baby mamas or people who are baby mamas? Because I feel like there's a distinction between the two. I think it was love. Um, because this is essentially him describing the fact that they allow any and all walks of celebrity, which was probably his wittiest line in the intro, and that people who love drama llamas and baby mamas. So I think that kind of got a what the hell from one of the audience members when they panned to them. So I feel like I'm in the same boat. I think Nick Cannon's starting to run out of things to say and is trying to say as many things as he can. Yeah, I think I'll be a drama llama. Ugh, oh my gosh, that could be a new, uh, well, I guess it would be, a, is it a compliment or an insult? It'd be like, oh my gosh, you're being such a drama llama right now. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a compliment at all. <laughs> no, the tone definitely didn't help. But um, but yeah, we're here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's enough. that's enough on Nick Cannon. So Nick Cannon does that, introduces all of the judges and we start we get right into it and we get the flower who comes out first for the first bout what did you think of the flower's appearance liana okay i don't even really know where to begin here because i feel like i 100 percent know who it is i Ooh. am not even questioning who it is i went back and rewatched the clue package listened to the song i just feel so confident that I know who this person is. So um, I'm not going to bury the lead. It's Patti LaBelle. It's 100% Patti LaBelle. And we can go through the clue package and talk about this, but that's like all I could think about the entire time. <laughs> so you're locking it in. Like oh, that's lo- your oh, super guess of the season. 100%. It's a done deal. Like completely done. 
write it in stone. It's 100% Patty LaBelle. Well, I'm going to feel so stupid when I present my guess, which I think is the most out there thing ever. But <laughs> oh, no, is it Steve Buscemi? I mean, Steve Buscemi could very well be in this group that is still not sold. We're still not. That's not completely out the window, although it's got like everything but like a finger out the window. So it's still a possibility. I'm trying to guess who you think it is now. Is it John Travolta? Is that who you thought it was? (laughs) He's got he's got a very interesting resume, I hear. Yeah. And uh, no, no, no. I mean, the the flower did not grossly mispronounce anyone's name. So I think we're set on it not being John Travolta. (laughs) But the flower had poise. The flower had movement. I really liked what I saw from the flower coming in. It was a bit of a slow strut. So when um, Jenny McCarthy said, I I wonder if she's walking slow because she's older or because she's a flower. I didn't understand the second part. Why would you walk slower if you're a flower? Because of the Well, I thought it was because the costume was restrictive. And so that prevented her from like really being able to walk. I took it literally like she's trying to talk about like, you know, like she's into botany or something (laughs) like flowers. Well, I would know because flowers don't really walk. Um, (laughs) We need Christian from Survivor to break this down for us. I know he did some robotics based on on plants, so maybe he could help. But no, I'm pretty sure it's because the costume was restrictive. Okay, Okay. well, then I thought I thought it was more of a it's an older person. It was my first guess my first feel of the flower. Why would you think it's because Jenny McCarthy thinks flowers? don't walk or can no or no just, i thought no, it was because walk, like i was trying they, to figure it out they like, walk but they walk slowly <laughs> no not, not that they literally walk but like you know they take a long time to blossom so maybe it's like a we're talking about like the the process of it blooming she's like uh, not mike blooming but just blooming <laughs> so like truly embodying what it means to be a flower and also moving very slowly she's really in character right now I guys <laughs> is this method acting okay don't come for me <laughs> Yes, with the strengths the flower brought super fresh and with the weakness pruning shears, which let's just put it to bed now, Liana. These strengths or weaknesses are 100 percent for our enjoyment, they think, because I don't think they're meant to be anything. Oh, no, for sure, because the eagle, which they've had some like I actually started noticing these again because I at first I tuned them out because they weren't clues. But um, the eagle's weakness was deforestation, which I think Jennifer on Twitter pointed out that panda's weakness was extinction, which both of those are like pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, grim. Oh, they're grim. No, no, no. And the fox's weakness was crossing freeways. Talk about grim. Oof. Like, oh, my God, let's make a roadkill joke. <laughs> oh, mass singer. How you amuse yourself in weird ways, twisted ways. I mean, I thought it was funny. (laughs) Well, Liana, why? Why you do this? So let's just dive into the clue package. And Liana, I would like for you to take the reins on this because I would like for you to hit on all the notes, uh, pun not intended, on why this would be potentially Patti LaBelle here. No, no, no. I want to hear your guess first. Walk me through who you think it is, because then I want to talk about why you're wrong and why I'm right. No, but okay. Well, mine is okay. So mine is a reach and a half. Okay. I would like to just preface this with that. I noticed. So first I'll talk, I'll mention the clues real quick. Called everyone rosebuds. I blossom in every field I plant myself in um, from cooking to clothing to craft. And then it pans into a doctorate from Temple U, 
which I went and looked at because I thought that means something. And then I got my guess from there. So we'll go back to that. Um, sowing seeds of this empire with my own hands, ready to have fun. A lot of snaps going on in the um, in the package. A lot of the background singers in the package were like giving snaps. And then, of course, Vision of Love, which I think everyone immediately looked at Mariah Carey, which I was like, that's not happening, guys. Let's be real. So all this taken, I focused on, like I said, Temple U. This doctorate was given from Temple U. So I Googled it. I was like, oh, Temple U is an actual university. Sweet. Okay. Famous alumni, obviously. Number one on the board, Bob Saget. I don't think it's Bob Saget. That's not my guess. Don't worry. It's not Danny Tanner. We're cool. Um, Scrolled a little bit lower and came upon the name of one Jill Scott. Okay. So I'm not really familiar with Jill Scott's work. So I went ahead and did my, you know, my wiki read and tried to figure out who Jill Scott is and how she could potentially link here. Okay. So Jill Scott is a poet is a singer-songwriter, has worked with The Roots, she's been in movies, she's won Grammys, and she's been nominated for Grammys. She is an alumni at Temple U. And all the snaps and stuff, you know, spoken word, poetry, I think that's a good link there. And then the singing, I checked out some live performances of Jill Scott. What a voice, might I add? Great voice. The voices didn't really link up. I think it was the specific song that The Flower did, which was 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Um, But I did feel a good energy. I did get a good voice from both people or the same person, if you follow my line of logic. So Jill Scott is my guest, Liana. What do you think? Okay, well, I wanted to chastise you more. I thought it was going to be more ridiculous, but there's actually logic there. So fine. But let me talk about why the flower is Patti LaBelle. Okay, first of all, um, blossoms in every field. Patti LaBelle has done so many things in her career, including having a cooking show. Okay, Um, so that's where the cooking comes from. The uh, doctorate from Temple U. Patti LaBelle has an honorary doctorate from Temple U. Oh, just saying. Also, there was a little tiny um, rainbow flag on the wall. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, either like she identifies as LGBTQ plus or it could be a gay icon. Patty LaBelle. Also, the empire joke. Not only has Patty LaBelle built an empire, but also she was on empire. (laughs) I know Ken made the empire joke, but like real for real and then the references to vision of love and what's love got to do with it references obviously to mariah carey and tina turner both people who are friends with the none other than patty labelle also just to like put a little uh feather in my cap the line i smell so good which the flower said at the end of her performance patty labelle has a perfume oh oh uh, oh uh, oh uh, what so wait, are you trying to are you trying to be okay? So this I gotta do you now, right? Because you came in with some hard hitting facts. Egg, 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 <laughs> egg. Oh right, this is like a, a Freaky Friday type deal where we swap bodies, and so <laughs> I did the intro this week. You have to yell egg. I come with some hard hitting evidence. I mean, plus it sounds just like Patty Labelle. I yeah. they guessed Patty Labelle. I just I mean. Come on. Okay. I'm impressed. Okay. I'll give you that. I'm very impressed. These are all things that have better, like, they, they do have better links than what I had. Cause I, I had no link to the cooking thing at all. Um, I had no link to the what's love got to do with it, to the vision of love at all. I had no links to the smell so good. So 
I think you have the better links. I think that now moving forward, if there's another video package and we see a burger patty somewhere, it's dead. It's done. It's Patty LaBelle. <laughs> but for now, I think I'm still in the race with my Jill Scott pick underdog for sure. But I think for now, you've got this round. You've got the flower locked up. And I do think the flower is one of the top contenders to take this, if I'm being honest, because I thought the performance was good. The voice was good. Just the production value. I liked I liked the bat. There was a lot going on in the background, which we'll get to some of these other performances. Not really having a lot of elaborate going on, which, as we know, I love a good elaborate uh, production. So. Yes. Um, so, OK, one comment I did have about the costume. Where is her real face? It can't be like <laughs> smushed up against the flower's face. So the flower actually has a humanized face thing on it. So she's yeah. going to be like, it's going to be like set back. Like, that's crazy to have sort of this real face be, you know, however many inches from her real face. But I mean, obviously, it doesn't impede her singing, which I know is one of the goals of making these costumes. So anyway, um, obviously, an amazing performance despite her face to mask location. Um, and I just, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't know if the flower, I, I, the flower will go deep into the competition most likely. Yeah. I think this flower has got a lot more blooming to do before we're done with it. I was going to say, she's got a lot of roots. <laughs> hey, look at that. Jill Scott perform with the roots. Yeah, just exactly. Okay. But here's, here's the thing I will say, because while I'm 100 percent convinced that the flower is patty labelle i was also 100 percent convinced <laughs> that i knew who the eagle was and was 100 percent proven wrong so i just want to throw that out there no that's fine. i think i think once we get to talking about the eagle here everything that i felt certain about leading to this episode i'm also second guessing now i'm right. less uh, confident about i've been i've taken a hit I've taken a step back. Definitely need more evidence before I'm going to lock anything down at this point. The um, judges, you know, one of them did say what you said, Liana. Nicole Scherzinger has said Patti LaBelle. Jenny McCarthy won with Taraji P. Henson from Empire, which, you know, that through line, not hard to make there. And then Robin Thicke went with a maybe a Jennifer Hudson or a Jesse J. And then Ken Jeong, as Ken, poor Ken Jeong does, went with Bjork. Yeah, he's also there. I feel like if you're Bjork, you're going to pick the swan, right? Or is that too obvious? You're like, oh, of course. You know, like Jamie Foxx is not going to be the fox, right? Danny DeVito is not going to be the penguin. He should be. Danny DeVito should be on the next season. Can we? I want him in this show. Oh my gosh, that would be so funny. Can you imagine? I wonder who Danny DeVito would be. Oh, well, so my the um from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when Danny DeVito's like or his character is like, can I offer you an egg in this trying time? It's a tie into <laughs> egg. I don't know. It somehow all fits together. But I think it's too soon for Egg the sequel. Egg the sequel. This is. I don't know. Can you repeat characters? So I know in different iterations of the show, um, on different networks they have repeated um different characters so for example um on the mass singer au which is going on right now there's the lion the monster um but i don't know if on the same the same uh iteration the u.s version they would do two eggs it could be like egg v 2.0 hmm yeah that'd be interesting to see maybe maybe they get the omelet out there who knows oh, there you go we had to crack yeah. a few eggs <laughs> you, know, you drop the hard boiled in front of egg and now it's the hard boiled egg or the deviled egg and it's wearing like devil horns you know what that's actually a really good question do we think that the egg was a raw egg or do you think it was cooked in some way is it hard boiled is it soft boiled we know that it's definitely still within the shell 
but we don't know for sure. Well, I, I think you wouldn't want a Humpty Dumpty sitch where if they fell and they crack open and all the innards are outards now. So it would probably would have been hard boiled is my guess. That's probably a good guess. Because also, what if it was like fertilized? I mean, you know, the eggs you get at the grocery store usually aren't but like, what if? And then, <laughs> oh, my God, then in the middle of the performance, the egg cracks open and all of a sudden it's a chicken. Baby chickens are freaking creepy. So maybe not. What is happening right okay, now? Okay, sorry. <laughs> we should just move on. Can we talk about the eagle? How? Talk about birds. That, that, that's my segue. That's what I was trying to get there. Right. Crack the egg open and whoa, it's not a chicken. It's an eagle. So, <laughs> But like the eagle hatched from the egg. Yeah. So here comes this eagle uh, with the strength of 20-20 vision and the weakness of deforestation. Comes out to Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. And the Eagle celebration, I got to say, right off the gate, we can tell it's flap your wings, which is not a surprise to me. That totally makes sense. Oh, you mean the hand motion? The yeah, the fan, the fan motion. Yeah. Is that the sound that Eagles make? I don't know. Is that it's, just like a oh, generic bird noise? Yeah, that sounded more chicken than <laughs> No, chick, chickens go like... <laughs> That's, did you even watch Big Brother, Puya? <laughs> I mean, I watched Arrested Development. <laughs> Whatever. Has, has anyone on this podcast even heard a chicken? <laughs> Liana, what did you think of the bandana rockin' eagle? Um, okay, well, so I could immediately tell that from the performance of the eagle probably wasn't going to make it that far. Um, maybe get eliminated this round or potentially the next. Um, but I, uh, you know, after the Patti LaBelle thing, I was like, oh my gosh, I really think it's Patti LaBelle. Then we move on to the eagle. And maybe this was my confidence going through the clue package. But I really thought based on the clues that it was Howard Stern. And uh, and so I, it was mainly because of the serious health scare, lost a parent, spent time listening to other people's stories. And it's time to write his own hangs out with rock stars. Um, I thought that all of those things came together for me in the clues. I don't think you're wrong. I have to agree with you here. I felt a very similar assuredness based on the clues. I was like, OK, you know what? Kind of could be Howard Stern, especially once we got the performance. I have been so Brin's Got Talent, the champions was going on for the past month. So I had been going back and like, you know, falling into YouTube rabbit holes of America's Got Talent stuff and Britain's Got Talent stuff. And Howard Stern was a judge on America's Got Talent. So I had felt like I heard his voice come out of the eagle and I was like, oh, my God, you know what? This makes sense. And then it all started coming together. All the things you just highlighted, all the clue package just started like stitching itself into the being that is Howard Stern. and then. The other part of my mom was like, well, that classroom at the beginning kind of gave me, are you smarter than a fifth grader vibes? Oh, my God, it's Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that was like one line. And then here there's all this logic building up. I'm like, you know what? I feel pretty good about this. It's one of the two. But pretty much right when the first note hit from the Eagle, I was like, all right, Eagle, see in the Smackdown. You are not taking down the flower. It's not happening. And it was, you know, I felt bad for the Eagle because I'm not going to sit here and watch the rest of the performance knowing there's no way you're making it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, feel good moment for the Eagle. Eagle went ahead and did a performance of I Would Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf. 
and uh, sounded yeah. fine. Was funny. Yeah, I mean, good for the Eagle to you know, especially after having a serious health scare and you know, like coming out and wanting to do something like this. From the performance itself, it was much more talk singing than singing, mm. um, which you know, I mean, for clearly not being a singer, like good on you for going out there and doing that and really trying. Um, I think Robin said something during the performance that was like, "I'm not getting much from the voice," which I couldn't tell if that was an insult because I can't tell or it was an insult because the voice was bad or because he couldn't tell who it was but uh but yeah i um i went back and i rewatched so okay well spoiler alert the eagle gets unmasked it's not howard stern so i went back and i was trying to figure out where some of the other clips came in that or the clues that may have indicated that it was someone else there was hong kong in the background which i still don't get how it's dr drew because spoiler alert dr drew is the eagle um the studious and intelligent part makes sense okay but yeah, and then everything else fit, I guess fits. So whatever, it's fine. Yeah, like my full knowledge of Doctor Drew, and I don't even—I'm pretty sure it's this Doctor Drew. I don't think it could be another Doctor Drew. But like, I have this vague memory of when I was a kid in like the single digits, probably like eight or nine, and we had just gotten like cable, and I remember watching Hollywood Squares because I liked Whoopi Goldberg and it was like a tic-tac-toe thing. I had no knowledge of any of the questions, but I liked watching it. And I'm pretty sure Dr. Drew shared a square with somebody for the one episode that I remember him from. But I've never listened to Loveline, so I had no idea about that connection. Like, what I'm saying is that even if I wasn't snowed in by the Howard Stern, I would have never guessed this, because nothing really indicated to me that it was him. Yeah, well, I mean, in retrospect, when you go back and you look at all the clues, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, like, he did Celebrity Rehab, which I remember not watching, but it was on VH1 at the time uh, that all those other shows were on that I liked. Like, I love money and I love New York and that stuff. So I remember <laughs> being like, Ugh, oh, no, Celebrity Rehab is on because <laughs> I didn't want to watch it because I wanted to watch I Love New York instead. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, hangs out with rock stars. Okay, so that makes sense. He recently, I think, had pancreatic cancer. Answer, I think was his um, his health scare. Um, yeah. So again, once you hear who it is, it all makes sense. But I was not smart enough to uh, to organically come up with that guess. You weren't smarter smarter than a fifth grader. It's not Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> well, I know that now. What if? But the joke stands. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. So the line that uh, hit me most when the judges were commenting was it was the one you alluded to, Robin Thicke saying, "Some of us have big voices. Some of us put on a big show." Ooh. Which is is like you have a great personality, <laughs> Doctor Drew. Really loving that personality. Which I gotta say, my whole thing of like you know being extra with the judges, it definitely felt like. The eagle ran out of bullets and just threw the gun because the eagle was going out of their way to be a big personality and kind of like, you know, flap around, look at the people and like walk away from Nick Cannon. So I was like, you're trying. Bless your heart. But again, you are not making it past the flower. There's no way. I mean, what else? When you're up against Patty frickin LaBelle, again, who I think it is. Or Jill Scott. Who, who, uh, what are you going to do? You know, you kind of have to pull out all of the stops when you're going to do something like this, which I actually appreciated. I thought it was campy. I thought it was fun. So good on the eagle. And I did like uh, Nicole and Robin kind of arguing about the the voice techniques used in the song to deduce who it was. <laughs> like, okay, guys, 
Stop flexing. What, Stop flexing. But was there a crescendo, though? Was there? A slight one. <laughs> Sorry, right. Yes, a slight <laughs> crescendo. And then, so the guesses the judges made, um, Nicole Scherzinger with, with uh, Brett Michaels, lead singer of Poison. Uh, Robin Thicke went with and then redacted Polly Shore, which, you know, good save. Jenny McCarthy went with Adam Carolla and Howard Stern. And then Ken Jeong with probably the weirdest one of the bunch, surprisingly enough, with Craig Ferguson. Oh, yeah. I thought that was odd because you'd be I mean, unless he's really putting on an accent for the singing. But again, it was talk singing. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really get that one either. Yeah, he 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 reaches, you know, when he's got Bjork and Craig Ferguson coming into the next round here. <laughs> so good. And then so the the one thing I will say is uh, what makes you the eagle? The eagle replied with, I can see things from a mile away. And if it's like someone talking about giving you relationship advice and stuff, then that totally, you know, hits that it was doc. That was a good giveaway as well. I think he's got glasses. Does that make a difference? He does. Yeah. And and, I mean, lastly, with uh, the eagles performance here, Ken Jeong saves everything he's done wrong so far with the eagle makes me think of my comedy he's trying too hard (laughs) yeah i thought that was really funny a little bit of self-awareness is always lovely yeah and i appreciated that so then you know as we've not hidden the results for this bout uh we went into the votes and surprise surprise the flower moves on and the eagle is relegated to the smackdown see ya eagle see ya and before we continue with our next matchup, let's uh, listen into a word from our sponsors. And we're back at it again with another matchup. So let's go. All right. So, Liana, we've went through matchup one. It was kind of an easy bout for one and a hard one for the other. Now, let's talk about a more uh, interesting matchup here at the end. The last two remaining, uh, Penguin versus The Fox. Yeah, so this is exciting. We finally get our last two contestants um, because, you know, up until this point, we're still revealing new people. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I pretty much knew who's going to go to the SmackDown right away. (laughs) I guess we can (laughs) talk about them individually first. Sure. Yeah, let's talk about them in order. So we'll go with the Penguin first. So the Penguin comes out to hand clap by Fitz and the Tantrums and is... um, you know, kind of happy, kind of bubbly, you know, like not not walking like a penguin would, which I don't know if I appreciate it or not. I mean, no flower, obviously, if you're going to talk about um, March of the Penguins over here. <laughs> um, no, it's very fabulous, very sassy. Although I have to say something. I'm sorry. The penguins costume compared to all the other costumes. Doesn't it just kind of feel like someone cut a bunch of fabric and then just like layered it over this person in an attempt to make a shape that sort of looks like a penguin? Yeah. It's like not (laughs) the best costume. No, I think it's it's down there with the flamingo. The flamingo's costume is amazing. I mean, I don't know if you're being hyperbolic by calling it amazing. I mean, it was all right, maybe. The fact that you dislike it makes me want to like it so much more. Oh, like that makes it better <laughs> <laughs> because it's fabulous. This one, I'm looking at it right now. looks like it was made out of old car tires and left over like paper. I don't know. And it's got this weird dome, shiny dome thing on its head. Is, mm-hmm. do, is that what penguins look like? It's like a tinfoil hat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe that's a maybe it's a clue. Yeah. You know what they say about curious penguins? 
there's no punchline. I don't oh. even know what I just said. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Uh, curious because into conspiracy theories. Yeah, or like the curiosity cat, curious cat. All right. Well, we're having Antonio Mazzaro on the BNB this week. I'll ask him about penguins. All right. Like, yeah. um, what conspiracy theory do you know about penguins? Oh, okay. It's got kind of a hood that sits on top of it in some of these pictures. So, but anyway, I, I digress. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> the strengths and weaknesses of the penguin are strengths, black tie ready. And weaknesses, global warming. Again, yikes. (laughs) Yeah, some depressing facts and weaknesses these uh, people possess. These things and animals and majigs possess. I mean, but like fair though. I mean, we talk about the deforestation of Fiji all the time. So, um, yeah. Uh, so in terms of, uh, of the clues here, first of all, in addition to disliking the costume, I also disliked the modulated voice. <laughs> it was in the high pitched, but annoying register for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't crazy about that. Also, I don't have a solid guess on who this is, but uh, like if we talk about some of the clues, it seems like somebody who was um, in comedy clubs and then tried to make it in Hollywood. So that's based on there was a hit list um, that the Penguin had. Yes. Uh, it said the, the ones on the hit list were classroom bully, comedy club owner, Hollywood casting director, exes, the press, and myself, which was like, oh, that's so sad. Um, so the the comedy club and the Hollywood casting director are the two ones that like really stood out for me. And then, you know, the the TV is all about, oh, her career is over. It's like the little headline thing. Um, and then there's the line about I'm not your secretary, which I don't know what it means. Um, being on thin ice and then things aren't always as black and white as it seems, which then um, the Penguin also repeats later to the judges. So I think that that is actually a very important clue. I just I don't know what it means. Yeah, I'm not quite sure on that either. The one other thing that I did pick up from the clue package was not pretty enough, not smart enough, not funny enough. And that came right before the hit list. So I'm not going to lie. When we first got that bit of voice and I was like, oh, it's an annoying high pitched voice. I'm like, how did they get Frankie Grande to do this show? Oh, no. And I am not ready for this. But I got to say, after that being my immediate reaction, everything else felt great. And I was very okay with how everything went. Um, The performance, uh, they performed The Middle by Zed. Great song. It was okay. It really was. I kind of felt all right about it. There were like some notes that were hit, some notes that were missed. And then for me, it just kind of came down to, all right, well, I feel like the Fox doesn't have a lot to do to make it through is the vibe I got. Because, you know, typically the last couple of matchups we're talking about, the first person did such a good performance where like when the panda came in for their song or when the eagle came in, I was like, oh, you're done. It's over. This was the opposite. Or I was like, okay, the next person doesn't have to do a lot to get there. Hopefully they're able to do it. How did you feel about this performance? Yeah, I don't know. I think I maybe had a little bit of a higher opinion about the performance. I really like her raspy voice. I thought that has a lot of um, fun tone to it. Um, I, I, you know, overall, I said solid performance, but not amazing. Um, she can belt certain notes, though, um, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. One thing that I did notice is that she didn't move all that much. Um and uh, had combat boots on. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the combat boot thing means, um, but the moving actually then comes into play with the uh, SmackDown that we see later. Seems like she doesn't have a whole lot of breath control. So definitely someone who doesn't sing professionally. Uh, but I think that also fits with the clues package that we saw. 
Yeah, no, I would say so as well. And the judges felt similarly. They said it was great. You came out strong, but you might not be doing this as a profession, which I think we can all co-sign probably makes sense. Um, the judges ended up guessing uh, Melissa McCarthy was Robin Thicke's, Megan Mullally was Nicole Scherzinger's, and then Jenny McCarthy went back to the well with Sherry Shepard and then with Kathy Griffin as the other one as well. Do you feel any type of way about any of these four? Yeah, I mean, I I also thought it was a woman in comedy, so I actually went to the Times 100 list to try mm-hmm. to get a sense of who, potentially who it could be, um, because we know that two of these people were named in the Times 100 people of the year or whatever um which also solidified my howard stern guess because he was (laughs) one of the people clearly wrong um so chelsea handler mindy kaling and amy schumer all came up as potential people that this could be um i think chelsea handler might be a decent guess but i don't feel solidly about that um it could also be you know people like banksy uh or Tim Tebow were also, for some reason, in the Times 100 Person of the Year, um, as well as Elena Kagan, Angela Merkel. I don't know. Maybe Benjamin Netanyahu decided to like come on up here and be the Penguin. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I, the the other super super random guess I had was Tanya Harding because what? of the people on a hit list <laughs> and on thin ice. This is the two things. I was like, oh my gosh, Tanya Harding. Obviously, with the whole drama with Nancy Kerrigan, how Nancy Kerrigan got whacked. Um and uh Penguin Olympic figure skater um Tony Harding was also on Dancing with the Stars and there's a little bit of crossover with the mass singer and Dancing with the Stars so <laughs> that's my other harebrained idea. Okay, okay. Well, I feel like given how we've talked about how some of these weaknesses are morbid, Tanya Harding wouldn't be a crazy guess here. I also have a guess for you here, Liana, that I felt I didn't feel any type of way about. But then as I started doing my research, I felt better and better about. So I'm putting this out there. OK, so the the line for me in the clue package that really stuck out was the um, not pretty enough, not smart enough, not funny enough. OK, ugly Betty, America Ferrar Ferrera. OK, that that's the one that I kind of thought, because that line is what made me think, OK, Ugly Betty. Oh, uh, America Far. OK, I looked into it. She is one of time time's most influential people of 2007. She has an Emmy Award. She has a Golden Globe Award. Which I don't think we're keeping track of those ones. Um, the clue package had a lot of like what looked like protests and stuff like that. And she actually has some political activism to her name. And she's been a she was a, she's addressed delegates as a speaker um, in the 2016 convention. Like she does this, these types of things as well, on top of her filmography and on top of her, um, you know, accolades that she's put up in this industry. And I do think she's someone that's overlooked. I mean, clearly enough that we didn't she wasn't in the picture here for any of anyone's guesses. Right. So that for me also kind of plays into it. And once I saw the Times Square Most Influential People, I thought Times Square, I mean, Times Most Influential People, I thought, okay, this is something that could happen here. Um, I feel pretty decent about this as someone who did go to the movies to watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I would love for her to be the Penguin. 
But I guess we'll have to wait and see because I don't feel too hot about this ultimately. No, I, I think it's actually a pretty decent guess because um, on on Ugly Betty, didn't she play the personal assistant or the secretary? And the line was like, I'm not your secretary. You're right. Yeah. Also, I don't know what this means, but not always so black and white. I don't know. I know she's Mexican-American, so mm-hmm. she, she's not black or white. I don't know. Is that like... <laughs> is that weird but it's it's entirely possible um i i wonder if she comedy club owner do you think that she was did she ever do stand-up i'm not sure see this is the type of thing that now after this guest is put out there i have some time to maybe look at some interviews she's done maybe this is something that she'll mention in an interview somewhere where like she tried her hand at stand-up and like didn't get a good reaction, or she tried to do stand up, and like they were like, "No, we're not putting you on." Mm-hmm. So then they make the hit list there. I think that's possible. Uh, Hollywood, I think there's um that is definitely you can make a case for it because I do think she hasn't gotten as many opportunities as I thought she would. I really th- there was a time where I thought she's about to break out, and ultimately I never saw it. But also that could be my ignorance because I haven't really followed her career all that much um, mm-hmm. since Ugly Betty. I had to actually, like, when I was looking at something, I realized, oh, she is a part of Superstore, which I've never watched, but I know that she's, like, co-produced it and stuff, too. Okay, yeah, I like that guess. I think that's solid. Okay, well, we'll see We'll see if I can hang my hat onto that one. I, I, again, beat Steve Buscemi. Really <laughs> does. I mean, you really set yourself up with a low bar here, which I guess is the, you know, how you should live your life, low expectations. <laughs> um, okay, I do want to mention, though, I have to talk about how everyone's so freaking handsy. This is not just a thing that I've noticed on the U.S. version, the AU version, which I'm also watching. Um Kron was also super handsy. I, I just feel like there's some, I don't know, m- maybe there's a psychologist out there that can tell me about, oh, when you're masked, <laughs> you feel like you can be handsy. I don't know. Both the hosts are male. So maybe it's like, oh, OK, because like, if that was a woman, would they be perceived differently? Anyway, that might be a little too dark for this. But I also talked about Tanya Harding. So whatever. That is very true. Yeah, no, the, the the hands come out. I mean, uh, the where they what, what happened here was the whole. Um, well, last season Nick Cannon's like, well, last season you said Sherry Shepard touched my butt, and then it was Ricky Lake who touched my butt, See? and then yeah, and then the Penguin was like, well, I gotta do it. So, <laughs> oh, you think it was a peer pressure situation? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the the um, the Penguin was like, well, I gotta do it just to like you know. Add some more speculation into the into the like midst here, right? So, and also with my bird brethren, uh, <laughs> apparently yeah. that's a thing birds do. This is the second person on this season, if I recall. Who was the other person? Who no, did I think the leopard tried to grab the cannon too, which yeah makes sense. Tell me what that means to <laughs> me. I miss the leopard. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Speaking of the leopard, let's move to another person from the cat family. Someone who I think you and I like a lot and someone who I think you and I might be familiar with. It's the fox. I know. I'm still amazed they didn't play What Does the Fox Say as the walkout song. Outrageous. Um, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get the rights to it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I love the fox's costume, actually. Mm. I think it's, especially compared to the friggin' penguin, it's so (laughs) cool. It's like the steampunk fox. And he's got a cane, which we all know is super cool. Um, So yeah, here for it. Yeah, the, the monocle. It's like a Monopoly fox. I was very happy it's with It's like this. a Mr. Peanut Fox, which we all know both super cool. 
Yeah, definitely. And timely, might I add. <laughs> well, okay, so yeah. Can we not make comparisons to Mr. Peanut and Monopoly? <laughs> because those are like two of the like uncool things. I, it depends what cool. circle you're in. Depend. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Did I insult the Monopoly board game playing peanut eating club that you're a part of? Hey, Hasbro might not be into what you're saying, Liana. Okay? Oh no, are they sponsor the podcasts? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I love Monopoly. Mrs. Monopoly was such a good idea. Park Place. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the extent that you know about Monopoly? Have you ever played Monopoly? Yeah, so I've played the British one. So what? I had Mayfair was our last one on the board. I know it's not the same in North America. And I think Park Place is not even on the American one. No, Park Place is on the American Boardwalk. Line. Boardwalk was, mine was, um, I already forgot what it was, but Boardwalk is the best one. I haven't played Monopoly since I was like 12, but I loved it. You loved Monopoly? Yeah, because I'm sinister. I I played to win, and I'm patient. So it's like, oh, the game's going to take eight hours? Let it take 12. I'm not going to yield. And people would quit, and then I would win. Wow. So. Um, no, Boardwalk and Park Place are the two that are the like most expensive ones. Okay, so it's Mayfair and something else in the British one. Okay. Did they have railroads? What were the railroads? Yeah, King's Cross was one of them. Okay, they also had railroads. I mean, I guess, yeah, Brits also have railroads. That was what I always went for, the railroads and the electric company and the waterworks. Anyway, okay. Again, tangent. (laughs) That's why you don't like the game. You play to lose. I don't like, okay, first of all, how dare you? Um, No, that's the thing. Monopoly takes 12 hours. It's so boring. It's essentially just a game of who can hang on longer. Yeah. The ultimate patience test. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're just like, I'll wear him down. That's my game move. <laughs> I, I, I mean, as a fan of Big Brother, I'm all about that endurance comp, you know? And this was one big endurance comp. Oh, my God. That's what they should do for Big Brother <laughs> for the endurance comp that they show on the feeds. It should be them playing Monopoly. Oh, God. I feel like that would be fun for a select few. But like, even for me, as someone who enjoys play, I would never sit there and watch. If I had to watch my friends play Monopoly and I can't, I'm not. I can't do that. No, I'm out. that would be because that would be your Friday update and you would have to watch the whole thing and report on it. <laughs> so good luck. Oh, there's a Fortnite Monopoly. Does that sound more interesting to you? It sounds more interesting to ice cream. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <Ew>. All right. <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. So let's not bury, bury the fox here. Fox comes out, decked out, looking great, and we get the clues, okay? So, first of all, the fox is a father. It's Father Fox. And Father Fox sits down with Baby Fox, who, I hate that I'm saying this, but that was one ugly Baby Fox, wasn't it? Yeah, Baby Fox was kind of ugly, which is sad because they put so much effort into the costumes, except for Penguin. Um, (laughs) And a little old Baby Fox, it looked like a mask that they've just bought from the Halloween store. They were like, oh, crap, we want to, we forgot, we were going to put a Baby Fox in this package. Let's go, like, rush and get a crappy costume. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah. Quick to the Dollar Tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Up close to Dollar General. <laughs> yeah. So, like, not even Party City. <laughs> no, they don't belong there. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So the the fox is retelling a story to the wee boy. Um. And it's from a comic book, or at least we're getting like a comic book kind of clue package here. They've lived two different lives. They've played games. They're an on air superhero. And then they've worked with Doogie and Doubtfire, which Robin Thicke points out could be working with Neil Patrick Harris and with Robin Williams. 
And uh, Liana, that's about all I have on the clue package because I think we both want to talk about who this is. Okay, I'm sorry. Before we get into this, I went back and looked at what the fox looks like, the fox child, because is there a name for it? What's a baby fox called? Is there a name for that? Uh, a fox. Lil Fox. Lil, Lil Fox. Lil yeah. Fox. <laughs> I thought of Lil Pump. So Lil Fox is wearing what appears to be a like very cheap onesie, some super <laughs> awkward white gloves, and then a mask that looks very cheap, but it doesn't cover the entire head. So it looks like they just put a white bag over the head and then stuck the mask to the front of it. So just so that we're all clear on how ugly it is. All right. Who do you think? Who do you think the fox is? Adult fox. Grown up fox. Uh, adult fox, fox is... The thingamajig. I mean, no, wait. It's Wayne Brady. Liana, I don't know how it happened. I'm like 1,000% sure. I know that the Howard Stern thing kind of has like freaked me out a little bit. But when I heard this voice singing This Love by Maroon 5, the couple notes I heard took me back to whose line is it anyway. And then the connective tissue of Neil Patrick Harris and... Robin Williams. Robin Williams was on Who's Line with him, and he plays uh, 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 Neil Patrick Harris's brother on How I Met Your Mother. Uh, that rhymed. And I was excited. I'm happy. I, I can't believe that at the end here, the last person to come out, I think we got our Wayne Brady. After all the speculation on episode one, we have our Wayne Brady. Okay, I think you, like me, also just wanted Wayne Brady to be on the show for so some much. reason. So I also had that first impulse when I listened to the Fox saying, um, and then going through the package, I was like, oh my gosh, wow, it totally fits. But then when I went back and I re-listened, uh, I'm not so sure. I don't feel as confident about this one. I feel like this is more of a Howard Stern than a Patti LaBelle type situation. Um, I, I really do think it could potentially be someone from the Marvel Universe, um, like more heavily involved. Um, I was looking at some of the characters in the clue package. Um, it's like a female fox, Sherlock Holmes, Elvis, Groucho Marx foxes. Um, so it's someone who, I don't know, has done a lot of things in their life. And I know it fits with Wayne Brady because he was on Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you have to be a of characters blah 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 but just based on the voice i'm i'm just not 100 sold well okay so let me counter um give you a counter argument because wayne brady was did did voice work on the animated series batman um and also as of a couple of years ago actually wrote one of the spider-man comics so he is linked okay. he is linked here okay it's like, possible it's possible. I mean, I, I I haven't gone back to listen to the song again, but the goosebumps I got were real. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely one one part. So, like, Wayne Brady um, doesn't have a super strong upper register, so he typically goes falsetto for that, and the Fox did that during his performance. So that's one of the things that's was like, oh, it stood out to me. But I also kind of feel like because I think it's Wayne Brady, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to fit the clues and the voice to being Wayne Brady. Um, especially just because, can you imagine? Like, Because I, when I listened to the Thingamajig's first song, not in the episode, but on the, the promos for the show, so convinced that it was Wayne Brady. It's like, it has to be. So I don't, I don't know if this is me just trying to make that come to fruition. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't feel as confident as you do. Well, let me, let me take the, the Penguin's tinfoil hat and put it on for a second here. So what if, because I saw the same advert you saw with, the, with that song, The Thingamajig, did that wasn't easy by the Commodores. 
They don't have mouths. Liana, what if that song is sung by the fox, but they happen to put it on footage with the thingamajig and we were just fooled because of that clip? <laughs> like they accidentally overlaid the wrong song and we're because it was Rainbow, I think, by Casey Musgrave. So we're going to yes. see the fox sing that song later at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, someone in the editing department then really screwed up. Or, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I, <laughs> I like the harebrained theory, but I just don't know if it's real. Oh, I'm just I'm having this like vision in my head of the thingamajig and the fox facing off at some point in the season and they're pointing at each other like that Spider-Man meme where it's two Spider-Man <laughs> pointing at each other. And they're both Wayne Brady. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I, Liana, nothing would make me happier if this is real, but I also will say again, I will, I'm, I'm not as strong on this again as I was with the Rottweiler, uh-huh. but this is the second strongest I felt. No, third, since I initially thought Thingamajig was Wayne Brady. So this is the third. I like that that was based on nothing, though, from that one performance. So the the one thing I will say about the Fox Clue package was that it was him singing in the shower. Like, he doesn't sing professionally or doesn't sing. Or at least that's the way the Clue package made it seem to me. So it made me feel like somebody who might not be known for their singing. Um so that's why I'm, I'm hesitant, because I feel like Wayne, Wayne Brady is known for his singing, at least in part. Uh, but like, it could be like bottom of the list, right? It's like, okay, TV host, improviser, um, actor. <laughs> it's still I pretty sing- close to the top, right? It's not like, oh, I, you know, I sing in my shower type deal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, singing would not be on the top 20 of my list. So you're thinking it's more someone in that vein and not like top five. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it's someone who is obviously capable of singing and maybe has sung in some limited professional capacity. But it's like it's not his thing. Well, you know what? At this point, we'll get to this discussion later, but we still need some athletes that have not shown up. <laughs> so this could very well be a secret athlete that... um has got us all fooled into yeah. thinking it's Wayne Brady. Maybe it's Tom Brady. I don't know. Okay, because he's been very busy. He's been writing the animal, uh, that movie. Um, so uh, let's wrap things up with the SmackDown, and then let's talk generally, I think, about some of the things of, with the show. Yeah, sounds good. Um, just to t- top off the Fox, the uh, guesses put forth was uh, Wesley Snipes, Leslie Odom Jr., Tyrese Gibson, and Jamie Foxx, which I'm sorry, but if you guess Jamie Foxx when the performer is the Fox, you have to be stupid because you are not going to give away something like that with something that obvious. It's like when last year was like, oh, the Raven, it's Raven Simone. Like, no, they're not going to go with the obvious here. I mean, they would never. But what if it's like hiding in plain sight? Well, that is that is true. But I don't think if you're Jamie Foxx, you can hide behind your voice and then a mask. So you want to run with this. You want to go wild. Like you've been known as the Fox probably as a nickname for so long. Wouldn't you want to try on another one? Wouldn't you want to be the the Dodo or the Pterodactyl or <laughs> the Caterpillar or the Peacock? The Peacock's already been done. You know what I mean? Like the Robin, like you want to be something else. Sure. Okay. I I mean, I I don't claim to know anything about Jamie Foxx's, you know, thought processes, but sure. (laughs) Also, the the Fox doesn't have two X's, so I know it's not Jamie Foxx. Oh, there you go. You've cracked the code. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I have a I have a good eye for these things. (laughs) So we get to the smack. Oh, we get to the vote. And like we alluded to, uh, poor Penguin, not going to make it past this bout. 
against Wayne Fox. And the Penguin versus the Eagle for the SmackDown here. Liana, what did you think of this showdown? First of all, that stupid fuzzy microphone that just drops from the sky still makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> I first want to talk about Nick's intro lines because the Eagles one was if uh, or it can fly anywhere it wants and not just Philadelphia, which haha, Philadelphia Eagles. But then the Penguin one was breeds in large colonies of up to a thousand. And I was like, wait, OK, so the first one's a joke and the second one is like, a fun fact about the <laughs> penguin, about penguins. I don't really get like what we're going for here. You know, are these jokes? Are these true facts? I don't know. Is it a clue? Maybe the penguin is in some sort of polyamorous cult that breeds in large colonies of up to a thousand. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, okay. So that aside, in terms of the performances, um, I thought that it was, I mean, the Eagle again did his sort of talk singing time type deal. So um, I don't think the Penguin really had to do all that much in order to stay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What'd you think? I, yeah, I thought the, it just boils down to the Eagle isn't really singing ultimately. <laughs> So does, does like does that disqualify you? Like you're talking, yeah. not singing. So yeah, it's like the masked like speaker, <laughs> and like you're going with these boots, um, which like there are better songs out there if you're going to try and do this. If you're going to try and like talk, um, I don't know. It's a pretty good one. What if he I mean, rapped? That could have worked. Hmm. You know that could that that could have worked. I would have been very impressed after the unmasking if I was like, oh, Dr. Drew threw bars down? Cool. Lit. Yeah. Bam. Dab on them singers. Uh. But, um, Liana, (laughs) stop that. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But then the Penguin does Worth It by Fifth Harmony. You know, crowd favorite. Also, the Eagle had very bad dancing. I I would like to put that out there. The Eagle and the Penguin. The Eagle, both, both, but the Eagle was worse. Okay. Like, this was, to me, probably the weakest of all the SmackDowns yes. so far, even though I thought that last week the Panda was pretty much gone. Um, I still thought this one was like, like you said, the Penguin didn't have to really do much to progress, really. Hit two notes and you're in the next round. Yeah, I mean, the Penguin was really trying to perform and dance around and stuff. And so I feel like that really um, because when she stopped moving and just sang, I was like, okay, this like is good. Um, Mm. I know that she wanted to put on a performance or whatever and, uh, you know, and do the dancing. But um, but yeah, they did get very physically close, which I have a question because I know that it's very difficult to see out of those masks. Like I've seen some of the POVs from the people who have um, like people that are in the ma- in the costumes and stuff. And so I almost kind of wonder if they didn't really know where each other was in reference <laughs> to one another. And so being that close to each other was just a byproduct of not being able to see, not because they were actually like coming for each other. Like, oh, you don't want no smoke ops mm-hmm. and whatnot. <laughs> but for me, it all boils down to Robin, this performance ends, and then Robin Thicke channels his inner Austin powers and puts out the two words that take the cake for the creepiest comment of the week. And that was, fierce, baby. Oh, yeah. I noted that, too. (laughs) So, thank you. No thank you, Robin Thicke, for that one. And then they lit the stage with penguin puns. Uh, for a little bit there, this pe- that penguin got happy feet. Was kind of impressed by that one. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think of it at the time. It's just a it's movie easy. reference. It's not really it is a movie fun. reference. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I was just sad I didn't think of it first. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, the comedic genius of Nicole Scherzinger. Did she say that? Who said that? I don't know. I don't remember. It was either her or Robin Thicke. Yeah, okay. So the, the singers on this show definitely churning out puns a lot. And then we get to the reveal, the vote, the unmasking, and the eagle loses. The eagle starts unmasking, and oh my god, it's Dr. Drew, not Howard Stern. <laughs> I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. This is the most shocked I think I've ever been for a reveal on The Masked Singer because I was 100% convinced that it was Howard Stern. I was like, all right, time to meet Howard Stern. Like, like pop that mask off. Um, no. Like, Dr. Drew, what? <laughs> what is even happening right now? Like, this... This for me, it would just when I saw the final, the, the guesses, the judges locked up. You know, Jenny McCarthy had Adam Carolla, Robin Thicke had Howard Stern, Ken Jong in another planet with Craig Ferguson, and then Nicole with Jeff Foxworthy. I was like, I have two of those four, and I and I think I've got this. Like, I think I, it's one of these four. So to get Doctor Drew was just flooring for me because I feel like with every other person, either the judges have brought up that name or it's a name that kind of like made sense. And I was able to look at, I did not see this coming at all. And moving forward, I would like more of these scenarios for me. Not going to lie. I would like to be like, Oh my God, is this person? Because I feel like the, the three reveals from this season have all been pretty much like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. This one, I just couldn't believe it. I, we ended the the show ended with me being like, huh? What just happened? Yeah, because I mean, Leila Ali made sense. Um, I mean, and again, in retrospect, all the clues for Dr. Drew like did make sense. But I think it's because I was so convinced that it was um, <laughs> Howard Stern. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It, it was fun, though, right? I mean, it made it like pretty exciting for me. And then it also makes me second guess all my other guesses that I was oh so confident about. Um, but you know, yeah, it's good. I think it couldn't have come at a better time with now round one officially being over. Everyone's had a round. Everyone's had a turn singing, giving us clues, giving us hints, talking to the judges and the judges have had a chance to make guesses. Now round one is done with arguably the most shocking end to unmasking so far with the one that kind of puts everything in doubt. This makes me excited for the next batch of clues and the next performances, because if we're going into round two and I'm like, it's solved, it's all solved. That's no fun. Mm -hmm. But really not genuinely not knowing what's coming next. Who is who? What are the clues going to say? Are they going to lead me where I'm already at or are they going to take me five steps back? I don't know. And for me, that is the essence of why I love watching this and why I've been enjoying this season so far. And why I'm excited for the rest of it to come. Yeah, I mean, I think there's only four people that I feel super solidly about. Everybody else is kind of all up in the air. Um, and even then, like now I'm questioning the people that I, oh, for sure. You know, it's definitely mm -hmm. this person. Um, but here's the thing I really want to talk about moving forward. We got a statistic about Super Bowl halftime or Super Bowl <laughs> friggin appearances. OK, so yes. seven Super Bowl appearances from this group of people. So far, we have had zero Super Bowl <laughs> appearances. So that makes me think, okay, there definitely needs to be some NFL players still left in here. The only person... Okay, so we think we know who the Rottweiler is, and that's Chris Daughtry. Thingamajig is probably Victor Oladipo, although those could be, could be wrong. Fox, yeah. 
and leopard skeleton probably not probably someone from snl like martin short but leopard and fox are then the only two that we know identified like cis males left so are those the only one like are those the only ones that could be athletes so some people pointed this out and i had this idea too of oh it's halftime performances because they had an appearance at the super bowl I saw this. Yeah, I saw this in one of our questions um, in our question thread, and I had not even considered that. So that opens up a lot of doors and a lot of possibilities. It also opens a lot of shenanigans because that's like tricky wording, so, if you ask me. It's such BS. It's just like, oh, yeah, I was at the Super Bowl once in the audience. I took tickets at the Super Bowl. Technically, I made a Super Bowl appearance. I feel like it's cheating. It's cheating. Yeah. I feel like if a celebrity took a selfie and put it on Instagram at the Super Bowl, that's canon to them. Nick Cannon. Like we could, yeah, Nick Cannon. We could see that on a, a future unmasking. It's like, all right, guys. Well, yeah, Wayne Brady, you got me. Yeah. So, uh, and then in the Chirons on the bottom, like, yeah, Wayne Brady took this selfie at Super Bowl <laughs> Fifty, and it's like, what? How, how am I supposed to know that? Yeah, exactly. Well, so I did try to look up. Um, <laughs> singers that performed at the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, so Patti LaBelle did, which, so if it's Patti LaBelle, that's at least one. So it's seven halftime performances then that we're looking for. Patti LaBelle takes care of one, six remaining. So I looked up who are the people that have performed the most at the Super Bowl halftime show. The Grambling State Marching Band has performed six times at the Super Bowl in 1967, 68, 75, 80, 87, and 98. Obviously, one of these people is the entire Grambling State Marching Band. Nailed it. What if it's the whole band and they're just going to change up like next week? You just rotate um, through people. <laughs> yeah. Then next week, the flamingo sounds a lot more different than round one. You're like, huh, this is very different. Um, I don't know. It could be the tree. It's sort of a larger costume. Maybe able to like pack some more people in there. Ooh. Like I don't know. This is like a Vincent Adult Man type situation. Just a bunch of like <laughs> That's what I was thinking of too. kids piled on each other. A thingamajig is very tall, perhaps. Um. So anyway, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah. How? Because then that would be okay. If it's Patty Labelle, then maybe there's some other performer, but I'm not exactly sure. And then otherwise, you would have to be to like six or five Super Bowls, and like the max Super Bowl performance, or like a, um, just going to the Super Bowl is I think Tom Brady, and then it's like a big drop off, and then most people are at like five or six, and that's like the top. The top people. I just I just genuinely don't know how the statistic is going to unfold. I'm very curious about it, but I'm also potentially very upset about it, depending on how things go. I honestly feel like maybe the move is to Google Super Bowl and like go to page seven. And it's like, oh, the Super Bowl chili cook off of Louisiana. And like that could be a thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a, oh. it's a, another thing that calls itself a Super Bowl. So, OK, wait, let's see. Maybe. OK, the Mass Singer season two. Let's check on this Wikipedia page. OK, it says seven Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, that could be national anthem or halftime. Like that could really be either. Oh, or. national anthem. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, Emily Hawk mentioned that could it mean national anthem or halftime performances? So that opens like at least another fifty potential spots there, right? Oh my god! If they really do this, <laughs> I'm gonna be so upset. That's so not fair. That's super shady. I mean, but then I guess at least I know. Ugh. 
It, as long as it's not just I was at the Super Bowl one year, maybe I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then you know Ken Jong's going to hit you back with, we have the same amount of Super Bowl appearances. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, so that's a stat to keep up with. And uh, I'm excited to see how many more of these we start ticking off here. Well, Leon, how about now? Uh, we grieve on the Super Bowl appearances epidemic and go through some questions that people left. For okay, us. sorry. Quick thing: Gladys <laughs> Knight performed the Super Bowl national anthem um, in 2019. I guess well, that was this year. Yeah, but I guess that wouldn't have counted. No, because <laughs> she didn't accumulate. perform. Well, no, because she. I'm just saying, if we can like track it back to last season, right? Because they had Super Bowl appearances as one of their statistics, and because spoiler alert, Gladys Knight was on last season. Um, like maybe, maybe I don't know. Okay, let's do questions instead. Okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll detective this a little bit more next week. Maybe, maybe one of the clues. Maybe the clues will give us a little bit more insight. Okay. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> Um, let's see. So Jess Sterling asks, is it just me or do you only enjoy the judges during the more personal commercial break moments, i.e. Ken singing falsetto? Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. The uh, in between the penguin and the fox. It's like the panel is funny segment. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually I don't mind those. Um, I think they're kind of fun, um, at least so far. I like this. I feel like I don't recall if this was a part of last season. I think so. But even if it was, it hits differently this season because we know them now, right? We know them at least a little more. It's the exact same four people as last time. And for as much as we drag them for their bad guesses, and to be honest, we should because they're really bad guesses, I do find myself enjoying the natural banter between them. It doesn't feel too forced. I feel like when Ken Jong tells Robin Thicke to his face that this song sucks, he means it. And I like that. I like that he's bold enough to say stuff like that. And I enjoyed them, you know, having these little moments together. It makes them human. Yeah, I mean, it's banter. Everybody loves banter. I can't believe it's just banter. <laughs> Kristen Camara asks, how often since the first episode have you found yourself saying or thinking egg, egg, egg bracket? For me, it's been a lot. Yeah, it's been a lot. Anytime I see an <laughs> egg, which is often, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, what? Like, oh, yeah, we made this quiche this week. Egg, egg, egg. Like, it doesn't even have to be just eggs, but I'm sorry. It hasn't had the same impact for me, but anytime I talk to you. <laughs> I definitely hear egg, egg, egg. And it's not even because, like, that's one of the things that, like, I'm reminded of when it comes to talking to you. It's that it's in your Twitter head now. So yeah. it, it's immediately, if I see a message from Leon, I'm like, egg, 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 egg. So you've done this. You've made this a thing. You're welcome. For me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, and then just one last question for this week. Um, Tim Westing says, now that we're down to 12 left and everyone has sung once, can we get a winner draft? Liana, I don't know about you and whether you're interested in doing a draft. I have mixed feelings because I find myself after a draft, I start rooting for specific people that I'm, I've got on a squad. And I don't want to do that because I kind of like rooting on everybody and then hating on some. So what I propose we do here is we each pick three, kind of like a power rank. We each pick three that we think have a shot of winning. 
And there's no stakes, there's no reward, no punishment, nothing. Can we pick the same ones? No. Okay, so it's kind of a draft. Well, it's draft adjacent. It's draft adjacent. Okay, sure. Um, Before we get into this draft, I'm sorry, I have some breaking news are happening now. Um, I got a DM from Angela and Mike Bloom that says, Liana, Mike and I are watching The Masked Singer right now and losing it over the dancing steampunk robot girl who was with the Fox. So I went back and I was looking at the dancing robot steampunk <laughs> girl. It is very hilarious. Very, very funny. So uh, if you're going to rewatch the episode or just go check, check it out. She's uh, she's very robotic. She's uh, it, it's like just the fox. And then she's in just sort of close proximity to him doing a terrible robot sort of like sex doll kind of thing going on. Um, it's very, very funny. She's the she's going to be the next left shark market. She's. <laughs> I, I really don't think that will be the case. Um, but anyway, so that's the thing that's happening. Okay, all right. So our fake draft—that's not a draft, but is a draft. Um, who goes first? Um, you know what? You won the game last week, so I think it's only fair that I go first. I'm kidding. You go first. Okay. Thingamajig. I go first. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you it. can't change the rules halfway through. All right, well, do I get the next two picks? Yeah, you get that. Yeah, sure. We'll do a snake draft, sure. Amazing. In our draft, that's not a draft. All right, so. I'm going to go with Rottweiler, and I'm going to go with Fox. Yeah, okay. Um. Well, I'm going to go with... You have two left, and then I have Ooh. one. Oh, right. I forgot. It's only three. Okay. Um. I'm going to go with Flower and Butterfly. Okay. 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 Yes. I, it was between it was between butterfly and flamingo for me. Um, oh right. But yeah, yeah I think I'm going to go with fla- flower and butterfly. See, I tactically lost this because in my head I'm like, I th- I'm pretty sure we don't support any of the same people, and then I forgot that Thingamajig is the 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 main head on this podcast, and I feel sad that I didn't get Thingamajig, but I also knew you weren't going to pick the leopard, which I'm going to pick. So. Oh, you're going to pick the leopard as your last one? Yeah. No way. It, listen, it, it's right. it's gonna yeah. happen. I, I mean, okay, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not about. <laughs> I'm trying not to get competitive. It's fine, you know. It's cool. It's chill. Whatever. We're all winners. <laughs> We're all winners. We get to watch this show, so we are all winners here. <laughs> so okay, so that wraps that up. Um, I'm sorry to the undrafted six, as you will so forth be known. You belong to the audience now. Um, and the audience can brag if they want. That's cool. I'm I'm cool with that. And uh, Liana, can we read a couple of these uh, lovely reviews we've gotten in the last 24 hours? Oh, yeah. We have an iTunes page now <laughs> at Rob has a website dot com slash masked singer. Um, yeah, definitely subscribe to the podcast give us ratings and reviews and we will read them on the podcast Puya, what reviews have we received so far so we've received a couple and uh, i'm gonna read two of them one is from amigo of the podcast slither ryan which says come for the extra stay for the egg liana and puya unmask all their thoughts and conspiracies as they recap the hit fox series the mass singer whether you think Robin Thicke and the Leopard are creepy, bracket they are Ryan, or that Jenny McCarthy can't possibly be this dumb, bracket she is, Liana and Puya will keep you in stitches and have you chanting, take it off, or <laughs> egg, 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 more than you care to admit. 
See, it's a thing. I would rather be associated with the chanting egg, egg, egg instead of chanting take it off because I feel like this is maybe the only situation on this TV show where it is even moderately appropriate to be yelling take it off. Um, but yes, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> thank you. We'll move on to the next comment, which we got the next review from Cesar27. And it's titled Fun Times. Liana and Puya are just as fun as the TV show. Love their takes and how they poke fun at each other. Just like the TV show, they don't take themselves too seriously. A must listen if you like the mass Singer. Egg, 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 egg. Woo, egg, egg, egg. <laughs> egg, egg, um, egg. Uh, sorry, uh, thank you to those of you who have already um, written reviews and rated us. Keep doing it. Or I guess you can't do it because you already did it. But if you haven't done it, go do it. Also, in terms of crowdsourcing stuff, I posted or on Twitter. I tweeted. Do you post on Twitter or just tweet? Whatever. I tweeted a picture of the Penguins um, uh, clue package. There are pictures of this woman and I don't know who she is. And I'm trying to figure out who she is. So if you've seen the tweet, help me out. Help us out as we are in this together. Because we're all in this together. Well, we're... Got, we have the milk carton picture set out for the the person in the um, clue package for the penguin. But I believe, Liana, we have breaking news on that because I'm pretty sure I know who that is now. OK, who is it? It is Queen Rania of Jordan. Who? The Queen of Jordan, the country. Like, actually? Yeah. Oh, it does really look like her. Yeah. Looking at these photos, it's, it's Queen Rania of Jordan. And I think that plays into the um, the penguins like being for the people and standing up for what they believe is right. So it's female empowerment. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Um, you sang we're all in this together. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever. <laughs> this is done. We're done. I'm done. <laughs> all right. Well, like Debbie from 90 Day Fiance, we are done. <laughs> and... This was a lot of fun for us. Round one officially over. We'll be back next week talking again about some of these contestants. You can ask us any questions you may have on social media. We'll keep the fun going there. You can find me at Puyaism. Liana, where can everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me on social media at Liana Boris. Um, I was going to say help me figure out the picture, but I guess that's done. So... Uh, you're welcome. And uh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I am uh, obviously going to be on the BNB this week. We have our guest Antonio Mazzaro will be joining Mike Bloom and I to talk about everything from this crazy episode of Survivor. So um, definitely check that out. Check it out. And on that note, take care, everybody. Have a good one. And we will unmask you next week. Bye.